Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is Mara. Welcome to You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. We're so happy to have you here today. Bob, fortunately and unfortunately, cannot be with us today, but fortunately that's because he is in Sedona. Peace be with you today, my friend. May love enfold you this day as you move forward. May you let go of all of the worries about your adequacy and recognize you are enough just the way you are. You know, so many times, my friends, we get caught up in trying to please everyone. And in the process, we forget to please ourselves. And sometimes we develop games and ways of dealing with that that end up making us a victim or someone who's less than, uh, or at least we present ourselves as less than in order to garner some emotion from other people, some sympathy for our plight, some unhappiness. I recently had a young lady who told me that um, who is working because they have lots of children in their family, five children, and her new babies uh, require a special formula and she says so that means I won't be able to quit as soon as I want to now her babies are nearly a year old and so I look and I say are you planning to quit no no she isn't planning to quit so what's that about well it's about the idea that in not being able to quit as soon as she wants to she is garnering sympathy for herself, but unfortunately, the people around her may view it differently. For instance, her husband may feel that she's taking away from him from this manly duty of taking care of people. We all look to ways for survival, my friends, and I'm going to encourage you today as we talk about the messengers in life and the potential for you to be a messenger of love that we remember we are sturdy. We are sturdy, sturdy creatures. We do not ever have to be victimized by life. When I was talking to Bob today for a few minutes just before the program, he asked me how I was, and I said, I am at peace. I am at peace. I've been here for quite a while now, and so I'm very sensitive to the emotions I feel from other people as I feel their discord in this chaotic world that we live in. But I remember my peace. My friends, today we're going to talk about processes and ways to remember that you are enough. That peace is right there waiting for you, and when you feel discord, dis-ease, unhappiness, the chaos of life invading you, that you can release it, that you can release it to the universe, to love, to God, because God, whom I like to call love, is waiting right there to embrace you and take it from you. And when you think about yourself as not strong, remember that we can be as strong as orchids. Do you know that I have orchids here that basically sometimes go for weeks on end as I'm traveling and don't get, do not get any water. And yet contrary to the popular belief that orchids need a lot of attention, they thrive in my neglect. 
And when I come back and I gently kiss each of their petals and tell them how beautiful they are, I can feel their energy coursing through me, reminding me that I am enough, that I don't have to have people telling me how good I am or how well I've done or how important I am, that what I need is to be at peace and feel one with God. With that said, let us move forward today. I believe we were listening to Anna Hot as Heaven, but unfortunately I didn't hear it. So if you heard it, I hope it's still going on and you're enjoying it. But it's a beautiful, beautiful piece in the background. Now, let us move on and talk a little bit today about just some record-keeping stuff, remembering you are enough, just as you are. You don't have to be any different than you are right now. I just realized the reason I do not hear any music is somehow, nope, I thought maybe the sound had been turned off, but not so. So I don't know what's going on here today, but I hope you all are hearing music out there because it's it's on on my machine, but I'm hearing nothing. Now, bookkeeping. Why would there be bookkeeping with this radio show? Well, folks... I would sure like for a lot of people to participate in the image and the memory, the values that we are talking about here. And in order to do that, we need to have your recognition. I have to tell you, that doesn't mean you have to say we're great. We appreciate any comments that you might make, good, bad, indifferent, suggestions. We're up to it, folks. We want to deliver a message of love in a way that strikes to the core of your heart. Each and every one of you are here right now because this is where you need to be. You have been led here by love to listen to this message, but not because of the voices that are coming across the radio program, but because you are a revolutionary. You are a messenger of peace. And what we are doing is igniting in you the belief in your value. We are reminding you that you need to love others as you love yourself, and that starts first with you. We are reminding you that you don't want to take away someone's energy by saying, well, I'm not going to be able to do this. Let me generally tell you when we start off with I'm not going to be able to, we are painting ourselves as a victim in life instead of as a survivor of the chaos that surrounds us. We don't survive alone, but we survive. So please, if you think we're doing okay, I ask you to please give us a rating and please tell your friends about us, but most importantly, please go out and show love. Please show love. The program actually has two components. On Fridays, we do a guided meditation series with... Um, me, using my book, Uniquely Created, Divinely Inspired You, as a guide. It's a book that was divinely inspired by God, and I think that you will enjoy it. 
Uh, you can uh, ask me for a copy if you need. Uh, if you're happy with an e-copy, I can send you one. If you want me to send you a bound copy, I will do that. Although I have a limited number of those. For those of you who would like, you can support the payment of the pictures in the book, which are exquisite, by buying the book at Lulu.com. Not necessary, not necessary, but possible. Or you can just look at the blog here and go back to January when we began meditating, and you will find that each passage is recited in the blog. It goes all the way through the number 26. I find that a bit miraculous because it's exactly the number that means that you can divide the year into two parts and you can read one passage each week, twice a year, and meditate on it. Grow in your connection and in the reminder that you are enough to the universe. With that said, we are going to start pulling together ourselves and I would like for you to take three deep breaths. I'm not going to use Bob's uh, breathing exercise, even though I have the book now, because I want to leave that to Bob. It's a special thing that he takes us through centering, through getting ready to listen and talk about the message from love. For those of you who would like to call in today, the number is 646-595-3584. And let me send out there into the ether of the universe, that today I am alive. My senses are hot. I am fully prepared to take calls and do a reading or two if you would like. So if you would like a reading today about anything that's going on in your life, please call 646-595-3584. Today is the day. My palms are alive with heat. So now let us all begin to get into a position where we feel comfortable. I can't tell you what that position is. I can't even tell you where it will be for you. For me, it is in my prayer room. And I've been looking at houses, and the one thing I want to be sure and keep and set aside for myself is a place of prayer. A special spot that I can go and feel one with God immediately on walking in. That it is permeated with the beautiful, luxurious energy that comes from God. I like a prayer room. A prayer space. I encourage all of you to find such a space and dedicate it. To time to connect with God. To remember who you are. And to remember that when God said, I am that, God meant you. So now as we come together, we're going to play in the background Afshin's prayer of change. And we're going to deep breathe together for a few minutes. I will talk quietly for a minute. And then I will give you a minute or two where you can just breathe and listen to the music and connect with God. As you're taking in your first deep breath, I want you to pull the energy in and feel it, feel it filling you up and know the wonder of God is around you. 
I do not know if you are listening to music. For some reason, my computer is no longer giving sound. But I hope that you are hearing the sound of Afshen, prayer of change. And you are taking deep breaths. I'm sorry I can't tell you if there's music playing because I can't hear it on my computer. But I want you to know, and as you're taking the deep breath, I want you to breathe in and breathe up and believe that you are one with all things. You are one with all things. You are enough. Pull the air up through your feet, believing that you are one and enough. Feel your lungs filling with the loving energy of valuing yourself. Pull that energy forward, up, 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 through your lungs, feeling it explode as you come up and hit your crown chakra and begin unifying with God, with feeling the energy of God around you, with feeling love coursing through your body, transfusing you, and know that you are enough. I do not even hear any sound today in the phone, and that is causing me to think maybe there is no music with the radio program today. Okay, so let's keep breathing deep, deep breaths, pulling the energy up, up, up. Now, as you blow out, I want you to send the energy down, 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 aligning your spine, your divining rod, your antenna for the universe, and blowing the energy out. Use whatever word makes you feel one with God, whether it be Om, Amen, or something different as you blow out the energy through your mouth. Now, continuing to breathe in long, deep, luxuriating breaths, let's pull the energy up through the front of your body, lining up your chakras, your spine, opening your voice box, pulling the energy up to your forehead, to your crown chakra, to your brow, pulling it out out, transfusing your energy and blowing it now down through your spine saying, Aum. One more time. You're hearing some music. I am not, but let's breathe for a moment together as one. I'm going to presume we have no music today since everything seems to be working okay with my machine and I'm hearing none. But let us reach out, if you could please, with your right hand, reaching around, around the earth as we send our energy coursing out together 
those who are listening now and those who will listen in the future. Let's fill the space. Let's encircle the planet. Let's send out our left arm and close the circle. Now let us breathe together, holding hands in a circle. Breathing together in a circle. Let's imagine the earth now exploding with beautiful light, beautiful, clear energy of our love encircling the planet. Let us know that we are enough. We are enough. And say together three times, I am enough. I am enough. I am enough. Continuing to breathe, let let us send good thoughts and healing energy to the earth. Imagine bubbles of love coming out of your heart as though you are an exploding bubble machine. Imagine the energy of that filling your heart with love as it explodes out in bubbles, just bubbles, everywhere bubbles, people laughing at these beautiful, iridescent, love-filled bubbles. They're encasing the planet. The news reporters are saying, we don't know what's going on, but we feel happy. We have no idea where these love-filled or where these bubbles are coming from, but we feel happy. We have no idea. Wait, someone's taking responsibility. It's a message of love from God. Let us now encase the planet with bubbles. And for two minutes, I'd like you to listen to Bamboo Desert, please. Just breathing in and out. And feel the peace of Bamboo Desert. Breathe in, breathe out, feel the peace of knowing that you are sending loving bubbles, loving, love-filled bubbles, iridescent bubbles that are now dancing around the planet. Feel the joy of knowing that you are an agent of change, that you can make a difference. Breathe in the knowledge that you are enough.
Breathe in acceptance of everything just as it is, looking not to judge others, but instead to step out with your next right step. The world does not have to be perfect or as you would like it to be in order for you to feel at peace. Feel the transfusion of love's energy coursing through your body, healing you, bringing you one with all things. Watch this joyous planet explode in laughter as we send bubbles, bubbles filled with love around the planet. Hello. Wow. I always feel so wonderful when I give a few minutes, just a few minutes. It doesn't take much to be with the master of all things, the Divine Mother, the Eternal Now, Allah, Yahweh, whatever name you attribute to God, who is known by many names and has many faces. Welcome, welcome, and know that God is right there waiting for you. Today, we're going to talk about the idea of many messengers. If I didn't allude to this on a Friday, I may have alluded to it last week, but it's kind of interesting. In the last two weeks, I've had two different men talk to me about Jesus Christ and the idea of, is that all? Is Jesus Christ the only messenger? I have to tell you that in response to that question, I myself at one time felt as though to say anything other than absolutely yes doomed me. Doomed me to some sort of other place. And then one day when I died, I had an automobile accident and died, all of the fiber of my genetic structure came to the fore And I recognized what I had been trying to deny most of my life. That I have come with heightened six senses. And with that awareness came the realization that there is no such thing as hell. Now, some people will call that a new age way of thinking. But I'll be frank with you. You know, when I was studying to be a Jew, because I thought that maybe when I realized I was having problems with Christianity because it was excluding two-thirds of the world's population. So I was studying to be a Jew, and I came to know that there really wasn't any concept of hell in Judaism. Heaven, but hell. And then when I 
realized that that religion also, or faith also believed, that it was special and it was unique and God loved it above all others. Then I went and I studied a bit of the Quran only to see the same thing happening again. And then suddenly one day I was just aware that there are many messengers There are many, many, many messengers. So why do I have two men in two weeks, actually in less than seven days, asking me a question about Jesus? One of them, interestingly, had been to Sedona, and I think I alluded to the idea he was wondering how how if Sedona was having uh, physical structures that were 30 Five million years old, God took so long to send a messenger. Wow. That's a big question, don't you think? Why did God take so long to send a messenger? In doing that, there is a certain lack of humility certain ego-driven, I am more than enough, I am special, and there is not enough of God's love for everyone. Therefore, I have to get in the special VIP line. That's what many of the faiths that we see have evolved into. Was that what they were intended to be? I don't believe so. No, I'm going to go further, my friends. I'm going to say I don't, I know that's not true. I know that there have been many messengers. Some are embraced more than others. Many have delivered the message of love, and many are delivering the message of love in our own times. Now, some of you may have pastors, and this one man who talked to me last week, he absolutely adores his pastor. He doesn't worship his pastor as though he is the God that he is, a son of God, a messenger, but he does adore him, but he cannot agree with everything he says. And guess why not? He cannot agree because some part of the message is divisive. Some part of the message creates the VIP line and moves a certain segment of people to the front of the line and leaves the rest of them floating around potentially unredeemed, lacking grace, doomed forever to the timeout room. The God I know is certainly far more than I am. And I know that each one of us are his children. And I can tell you with absolute 100% certainty, I would never put my children in the time out room forever. Never. Not for a midnight moment would I put my children in the time-out room forever? Would you? 
Would you? Could you? Why, if you could, could you? Is there some superimposed set of rules that we need to tell our children to honor and to follow? And if they don't follow those, did we follow all of our parents' rules? I'm always amazed because I have met some people who have finally accepted their child as who they are, but in the process have had to reject them in their minds. But I'm going to tell you right now, I don't believe I've ever met one single parent who could completely stop loving their child. And I suggest to you the same is true for love for God. So what messengers have influenced me? I guess that's today's topic. The first messenger in my life was Jesus. Now, that comes with kind of a a little bit of a proviso. Jesus and a grandfather who was a physical healer. So maybe the first messenger in my life was my grandfather, a physical healer. He could heal the bodies of people from illnesses and people came to him and he would lay his hands on them. He didn't ride around in a medicine cart and he was very quiet. He was what a seventh son of a seventh son and people would come to him and he would touch them. And in his touch they believed and he was well. They believed and they were well. But he was well too. I've met some modern healers and some of them take the pain and the suffering on into their own bodies. They don't release it to God. I don't have a judgment about that one way or another, but I will share with you something my grandfather, my first, my very, very first, messenger told me I was about 12 years old and I said grandpa you know something to the effect of why is it that God chose him to heal people and he looked at me and he said I don't heal anybody God heals people those people believe that God will heal them if I touch them. And God does. So my grandpa was just a regular man walking the streets who came to the world, to this planet, with an agreement that he would, if people asked him, touch them, heal them. He was around during the same time as Edgar Cayce, who was a messenger that influenced me when I was older and I read his book because he helped me feel normal to know things that other people may not know. But with my grandfather, I learned a foundational tool that has carried me forward in life. And that foundational tool is 
that I don't do anything. All I do is open up myself, my life, my words, my deeds to love, and love shapes them. to assist this planet, the people on this planet, in loving one another. So that was my first messenger, followed very closely by Jesus Christ. My grandma, my dad's mom, that was my mom's father, my dad's mom was very devout Baptist, and she insisted that we go to church, and we went all the time. And so I started going to church, folks, by the time I could walk and I started talking when I was three weeks old so believe me I was walking pretty early and when I was talking I was looking first and foremost for my guide that's been with me my entire life tea and I would call out for tea and my mother reminded me of that one day when I was telling her that I had a guide my whole life and his name was T, and she got a beatific smile on her face, and she said, that's who T was. We always wondered who T was. And my mom told people T was my invisible friend. So let's see, now I've already gotten two before I got old enough to know about Jesus, my grandfather, and T. And then Jesus. When I was about two years old, my grandmother insisted that I sing in the children's choir. I can remember standing there. I was very short. And all of these giant people around me, and uh, they were having a bit of an argument because, according to them, I was too young, and according to my grandmother, I was going to be in the choir. And I was. I was. So I started singing about Jesus loves me at a very early age. And folks, you know what? I know that is so true. I know that is so true. And my disconcertion, my unhappiness with Christianity didn't come from Jesus loving me, didn't come from knowing the two most important components of the commandments per Jesus are love God with your heart, your soul, and your mind, and love others as you love yourself. It instead came from sitting in countless congregations, serving in churches, and hearing from the pulpit judgment, the creation of a VIP line. And the fact that I might be in that line just wasn't enough for me. It just didn't feel like love. So as I said earlier, then I started studying other faiths. But before I got to those other faiths, I had begun reading books. And the first book that I read that was a little bit out there was Shirley MacLaine's Out on a Limb. And I read that when I was in law school, which was in the 80s. And I don't know. It was just interesting and different. And it was about Santa Fe, which, by the way, is my soul home. Bob is in Sedona with my darling MJ and with uh, Micah. And I have to tell you, if you're listening... I've never felt drawn to Sedona, but let's have a get-together in Santa Fe, and I'll be there at a drop of a hat. Santa Fe just lifts my soul. And so I find it interesting that the first out-there book that I dared to read was a gift, and it was called Shirley MacLaine, Out on a Limb. It was by Shirley MacLaine, called Out on a Limb. 
What's interesting about that whole phenomena is I think that I've always been different. I've always talked differently, but I've never realized I was outside the box. So when uh, my kids would give me these books, I would think, oh, and, you know, I'd be doing the sign of the cross, although I'm not Catholic, in front of myself. Is I'm thinking, oh, do I dare to read them? But something would draw me to them. And Bob and I laughed at each other last week because we don't re- finish very many books. I did finish out on a limb. And sitting here today, I'm not sure foundationally where that put me and what that opened up in me, but I know that it began breaking down the box of Christianity for me, the box of Christian thinking and allowing God to be more than just Jesus. And also knowing that if God is Jesus, Jesus' message was love and that would be enough. And so then, wow, then I read these books about Jesus in the city written by a Catholic priest. I'm not sure if he's a former Catholic priest. I think his name may be Greer. I don't even have him on the list today. And he started talking about a more open, expansive view of Christianity, of Christ's message, of religion, and how maybe we need to embrace each other as being one with one another, embrace each other in love. And I read those books, and I read those easily under the guise of them being just written by a priest, and who knows, they were really Christianity. Then one year for Christmas, my daughters gave me the book Celestine Prophecy, and oh my gosh, folks, talk about head-spinning book. For years, I had been recognizing that there was an energy coming from plants around me, and I had been tapping into that energy and pulling it into myself when I felt bad. For years, I had been pulling forth and believing that we needed to treat each other with respect. But I wasn't quite sure what the process was. And believe me, Celestine Prophecy just opened me up. It was a difficult book for me to read at times because in that book, with the conclusion of that book, came the realization that everything in my life was part of an agreement, a contract. That's the way I think, because I'm a lawyer. You can call it whatever you want. Some people call it destiny, divine plan. I don't think it's laid out in in quite a maze-like sequence where you have to turn left and right to get to the goal. But I do believe that when I joined this body, when my soul came to be part of Mara, I was shown everything. My entire life was laid out in front of me from my grandmother insisting that I sing in the choir. Can you imagine how frightening that is to a two-year-old? All the way through all the dynamics of my searching for tea and knowing he was always there, of my always feeling connected to God. It was laid out all of the mishaps, everything that has happened to me, my friends, everything And there have been some things that have happened to me in my life. All of that was laid out. And I sat with the universe, with love, and love said, My darling, can you keep your eye on the ball if this happens? Can you remember me? And the Celestine prophecy brought that home to me. 
I accepted that some of the things that had happened to me as a child were things that God knew were going to happen to me. Wow. Eye-opener. I quickly ran to my Bible and I looked for something that was going to give me solace and I opened to the book of Isaiah and I knew it was okay to be mad at God. And I was. Not separate, but mad. Mad, mad, mad. I would stand outside as though I was a shepherd in the middle of the field. I would raise my fist and I would say, how could you let that happen to me? And yet in the same moment, I could envision my master at that point, Jesus Christ, walking toward me and I would take my hands and I would fill them up with the anger of knowing that I had accepted this assignment. And as Jesus approached me with his palms outstretched, I would turn my palms down and allow all my pain and anguish to escape into his palms and I would know that I was loved. That I was enough. So I'm still moving forward and I'm still hearing these messages in the pulpit, rejecting people, creating the VIP line. And in terms of Christianity, let me tell you, I'm moving to the front of the line. I'm moving on up. I could have stayed there. My cousin, who has exactly the same height and six senses as I do, preaches in a very devout, fundamental Christian church. And that is good for her. There are many, many paths to love. So what's my next thing as we're moving through my life? If we had Bob here, we'd have some dialogue. I feel like I'm monologuing to you folks, and I hope that that's okay. And please call in, 646-595-3584. Tell me about your messengers. It's not all about me. Unfortunately, I only know mine, so I'm going to keep going with the monologue today. (laughs) So what's next? Oh, Next, I study with the rabbi. But at the same time as I'm studying with the rabbi, I have finished Uniquely Created, Divinely Inspired You. I'm going to tell you that I'm not sure of the depth of those messages, uh, those little 26 passages at that point. I, I wrote them down. And I'm studying with the rabbi, just looking for some ordained religion that will be okay, that I will feel enough in, that I will feel okay. And it quickly became apparent to me that I was out of the loop there, not because of the message. The message was love. Oh, I loved working with the rabbi. He didn't normally work with women. Orthodox rabbis don't. But he said to me that he was working with me because... I was, uh, he was getting old. I guess I was just blessed. But at the same time, I also began reading Neil Donald Walsh's books, uh, Conversation with God. Now, uh, in terms of life books, I have read every, well, that's not true, but I've read many of the Neil Donald Walsh books. Conversation with God, book one, book two, book three. I've read Friendship with God, and I've read Communion with God. Do I have a preference? Yeah, I like Communion with God. 
I think it's wonderful. It's a beautiful book, and it's kind of a synopsis. It pulls it all together. And I say namaste to Neil Donald Walsh for creating all of the books and for for doing communion with God. It's it's just gorgeous. I love it. And I did read those books, and I took notes in them, and they made me remember. They helped me remember my message. They helped me remember my mission. They helped me remember that God is love. Now, since that time, uh, I've skimmed a few Wayne Dyer books. I have, um, I have skimmed his books. You know, in terms, I want to do justice. Though he did have a book, it was about meditating with the Lord's Prayer, and I listened to that book during that. It's like a CD. I listened. Um, to the CD that was that, and I wish I could remember the name. I'm sorry if Bob were talking with me, I would rush into the Internet and find the answer. But I did listen to that CD during a time of deep despair, deep, deep, deep despair. There was a time, believe it or not, when I left the law for a while, and I became the editor-in-chief of a magazine called The Elegant Texan. And that was a good news magazine. It was a magazine that celebrated good things in people. It celebrated Dan Rather. I used that word, his name the other day, and my grandchild said, who's that? So I'm really showing my age. But we celebrated uh, things that occurred after 9-11. It was truly a magnificent book, just magnificent. And I was very I am very honored to have participated in its creation. I believe it still goes on. When I left the magazine, I didn't know what I was supposed to do. And I left maybe for the wrong reason. I left for money and uh, I guess respect. Um I was really caught up in the chaos of life at that point and any book that I was reading was doing nothing for me. I was in a place of disease. D-I-S, new word, E-A-S-E, disease. Oh, it was heavy on my heart. And I was trying to reconcile my six senses with my life purpose and trying to understand what I should be doing in life. And at that time, I came to Wayne Dyer's meditating with the Lord's Prayer, and I wish I could remember. But what it was was filling each moment of the Lord's Prayer with Aum. Aum is a perfect word. Amen is related to it. I'm sure you've all gathered. And Aum just would fill this space. Let's try it. Our Father. Feel the space between the words. Feel the energy of unity with one who art in heaven. Om. Hallowed be thy name. Om. Thy kingdom come. Om. Thy will be done. Om. 
crucial sentence coming up, my friends. On earth, Om, as it is in heaven, Om. Very soothing. I know we haven't finished the Lord's Prayer and we're not going to. Very soothing. Very soothing. Wayne Dyer became my list of heroes then. But I will tell you, I think Wayne Dyer speaks strongly to men in our society and men need to listen to him because it makes it okay to think outside of the machismo box that men are boxed into to the thinking, to the am I a man enough type thinking. And he opens them up and reminds them they are enough. He gives them lists of things that they can do to be enough. It's very goal-oriented. And it's very nice. He gives a message that's very common to what Neil Donald Walsh gives, very common to what I give, very common to what the Hicks give, not that I'm putting myself in the league with them, very common to Louise Hayes. All of these people are divine messengers. All are divine messengers. But I forgot someone. After I studied with the rabbi and read the books by Neil Donald Walsh, I came to know my master, Yogananda. He helped me connect and pull together all of the parts of me. Now, did I have a moment of chaos subsequent to that? Yes, I did. I just told you about it, and that's when I came to Wayne Dyer. But Parahamasa Yogananda was huge for me. He gave me such peace. He helped me know and work out the anger that I had with God, knowing that I am exactly in the right place at the right time by design, by my design in concert with love's design. I always carry books around. I have a whole shelf of his books, and I love, I haven't read them all. Once again, I'm a skimmer. But where there is light is beautiful. And let me just share where I opened up today. The inner conditions of happiness. Learn to carry all the conditions of happiness within yourself by meditating and attuning your consciousness to the ever-existing, ever-conscious, ever-new joy, which is God. Your happiness should never be subject to any influence. Whatever your environment is, don't allow your inner peace to be touched by it. Wow. Huge, don't you think? Absolutely gigantic. When you have a mastery of your feelings, you abide in your true state. The true state of the self, the soul, is bliss. 
wisdom, love, peace. It is to be so happy that no matter what you are doing, you enjoy it. Isn't that much better than to blunder through the world like a restless demon, unable to find satisfaction in anything? When centered in your true self, you do every task and enjoy all good things with the joy of God, filled with his intoxicating bliss. You joyfully perform all actions. In the spiritual life, one becomes just like a little child without resentment, without attachment, full of life and joy. So I said that I came to know Yogananda, and yet I went through a period of deep despair. And then I came to know Don Miguel Reese and the Four Agreements. What a wonderful revelation to come to understand that in life I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to always be right. That I can value peace above being right and I'm not less than. To believe that I can be impeccable with my word. To stop taking things personally and know that I only have control over me and what other people say and do and think about me does not make me that unless I allow myself to become that. To stop making assumptions. Stop filling in the gaps. And just to do my personal best. Just keep track of me. What a challenge, my friends. What a challenge to just keep track of ourselves. To let go of judgments. To dissolve the VIP list and line that is in your mind. And to believe and know that not only are you enough, that everyone else is enough. That we are all fine. It took a lot of teachers, a lot of messengers to get me to this place. And I say namaste to all of them. And there were countless messengers before Jesus Christ. And there will be messengers after all of those who are here now are gone. But the message that is common in all of their stories is love. Gentle, kind, adoring love, recognizing we are connected one to the other. I'm going to share a quote from the Vivekananda, and then I'm going to play for you today, Bradfield Heaven and Earth Spirits, as we go out asking you to listen to the words, to breathe, to stay with me, and to know that you are enough. This is a Kananda. This is a gist of all we worship, to be pure and to do good to others. 
He who sees Shiva in the poor, in the weak, and in the diseased really worships Shiva. And if he sees Shiva only in the image, his worship is but preliminary. He who has served and helped one poor man, seeing Shiva in him, without thinking of his caste or creed or race or anything, with him Shiva is more pleased than with the man who sees him only in the temples. Let us listen to Heaven and Earth by Bradfield. I am trusting in the universe that music is playing today because I do not hear any at all. Let us imagine this planet totally encased in love. Seeing more in others than they show us. Being one with all taking charge and care of our own life, our own decisions, our own words, living in love without judgment. That is the challenge. And when we fail to do so, knowing that we can, if we keep working at it, that we have another moment and the only moment that matters is now. Well, my friends, breathe with me now and feel the loving power of love around you. Infuse yourself and your surroundings. Feel the white light, the iridescent universe. Feel it encasing you. Allow yourself to become one with love knowing you are enough. You are valued. You are treasured. Breathe in, 
breathe out. Breathe in. Infuse yourself with the energy that is surrounding you. Breathe out. Hello, Nara. I'm afraid I'm nearly done. How are you? Hello, Nara. Hello, Nara. Yes. How are you? I am well. How are you? Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Thank Excellent you. show. Thank you so much. Oh, you're wonderful. Namaste. 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 Now, don't you see we that are... you are a messenger as well? Thank you. I hope so. Because a, me- a messenger is not the one who has the me- who creates the message, but the one who delivers it. Yes, I think and that's what my grandfather your message was. well. Thank you. Oh, you're so kind. Please call again next Sunday. It looks like we've used up our time. We are still on the air, so when people listen, they'll hear us. But no one's yes, hearing us I'm but you and I now. Oh, okay. How are you? Where are you from? California. You are? So am I. Okay. Yes. The Inland Empire? Yes. Southern California? Oh, you're in Southern California. No, I live in Sacramento. Well, I'm sending healing and loving energy to you today, Nara. Thank you. Uh-huh. Right, right back at you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I look forward to seeing you and your name on the switchboard again. May love enfold you today. You as well, Thank Mara. you. Thank you. All right. Peace be with you. Bye-bye. Be well.